This episode is powered by denmeditation.com, with locations in Los Angeles that normalize meditation and make it available to all. Though meditation is the primary focus, the bigger goal is for people to understand and love themselves, thus creating more harmony in the community at large. To find out more about Den Meditation's teacher training programs, retreats, and all things Den Meditation, go to denmeditation.com. Hey, welcome to Den Talks. This is Tal Rabinowitz. I'm your host, and I'm the founder of Den Meditation. Today, I get to talk with Natalie Miles, a psychic, spiritual guide, and life coach. This is such a fun conversation. She channels into your guides to help heal your past and help people feel a sense of empowerment. She connected with her guide at the early age of five. It's kind of a spooky story. I love it. Even if you've never connected or even thought about it or actually are not a believer, here's the cool thing. We all have the ability to tap in and use our spirit guides to help us out. And she gives us simple tools on how to connect with them. Actually, her personal practice at the end of the episode is a meditation to bring them forward. We also talk about how everything and everyone is made up of light and shadow. So getting to embrace your shadow side and work on things only helps propel you on your life journey. And just the understanding that there is light in everyone can help spur the compassion, which is much needed in today's society. We also get personal. She comes from a family of psychics. Isn't that cool? But strangely, coming from a family where everyone is a psychic actually made the day-to-day difficult. And she was frustrated and angry child until she fully embraced her gift. However, even after embracing it, she didn't make it her life work. And so... Like many of us, me included, she struggled and suffered while plowing through daily life just trying to figure out why she wasn't happy. It took her getting fired to start looking at things differently. Okay, so like I said earlier, the big takeaway here is whether you're a believer or not, we all have this ability. It may feel like a special gift, but we are all special. And even if you aren't a believer, there's some really hilarious ways and very simple things that everybody will benefit from if you start chatting with your guides. So let us know what you think about the episode. Go on our closed Facebook group, Den Talks Podcast, where we get to continue this psychic conversation. I was going to say, did you watch her when you were younger? Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, worlds collide. I know. And then you guys have a big, like, there's a big UK contingency out here, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big UK UK vibe. So yeah, it's fun having yeah. I feel like Vancouver kind of has a UK vibe. No, as far as like does foggy, cloudy, beautiful city. Feels like it's got like yeah history. Yeah, there's a big Brit contingent there. They always seem to yeah like gather together, which is really interesting. Brits always end up finding their you know their own their own (laughs) in their cities. Yeah, (laughs) I get that. I feel like that kind of happens almost anywhere. Like yeah. wherever you go, there's like an expat contingency and then you like all, you figure it out. Completely. It makes when you're moving to a new place. It, it was funny. It was ended up like making a friend with a Brit and she, she was like, yeah, I was like, helps you like get back into the space and feel like at home even when you're not at home. Do you miss them? No. No. That's it's interesting. I miss the people. I miss friends. I miss family. But I don't miss the place. I get that. Yeah, it was... So maybe it wasn't your place, which we should talk about. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting why that happened. Huh. As a place around... So I got the download to go to Vancouver, and I was like, why am I going to Vancouver? Like, it was it was so intuitive. And when I got there, it suddenly all made sense because I really had to turn back to my intuition. I worked in film. And I felt alone and I was like, I'm in this city. I have no friends. I like don't know anything. I'm like really finding my feet. 
and it was kind of being in that Vancouver energy and really and I was was like cool to go to back to doing psychic development classes and back into really connecting to my gift and when I was in those in that energy I was like oh my god I found me again but it wouldn't have happened if I was in London. Wait, so that's so interesting. So just because I know we just kind of rolled right into this, which is great. I'm sitting here with Natalie Miles, who's amazing. She's a psychic. She's also a host of her own podcast, so you think you're intuitive. And her life's work is to connect people with their spirit guides and to really figure out what their life's path is. So beyond just being a psychic, you're also kind of a life coach. But what I love, what you guys kind of just heard us like enter, is she was talking about, you know, she's from the UK, but she's been living in... Vancouver, and she got a total download, which is something you've been getting since you were a kid. We'll go back and talk about it to move there. But you weren't exercising your gifts at that point as a career. It was just something you had. And you mentioned you were in film. Yeah, I used to be a producer. So I used to work in brown films and commercials producing content. And yeah, it was great. I got to travel the world. I had a successful career, but something just didn't feel right. There was something missing. So how long were you doing that for? 10 years. Wow. So for 10 years, you were in you know, producing and you loved it. I loved it. And then what started happening? Like, where did you feel? I started to feel like I wasn't go. It was interesting. I wasn't getting the spark from it anymore. The creating the content and creating those visuals wasn't lighting me up. And it was just, uh, okay, now, like I was getting, being given opportunities. They were like, do you want to direct? Do you want to be a director? And I was just like, "Uh uh-uh. Like all my spidery senses, my intuition was just like, no and I was like but this is the next step like this is what I should be going for and I was just getting like this loud like do not do this and it took me I got let go from my production company that I was working at well I was gonna say how many times were you getting that do not do this that you actually didn't do it did you ever not listen to it and do it oh yeah yeah like big time I yeah but it was when the big life moments came in I used to I describe it as you know when you get let go from your job or the relationship ends it's it's for a reason and it's a it's like a reshifting of like you getting back on the right path and so and like what you're basically saying is your intuition and your voice was telling you like do not do this leave 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 and you're like I'm fine this is comfortable I'm good so then they're like all right we're gonna fire you yeah I was gripping. That's kind of what happened to me. Same thing. Yeah. I was holding on tight being like, no, no. I was resisting the change. And they were like, okay, then, well, if you're not going to do it, we're going to do it for you. And so then when you lost your job, Mm -hmm. what was, and you were in London at the time, right? You hadn't yet moved to Vancouver or you had? I had, yeah. This was in Vancouver. Oh, so you still like, so what made you move to Vancouver when you were doing the job? You were like, I'm going to produce over there. Did you feel like that was going to give you the creative spark in some ways? Yeah, I was still looking for the thing. I was like, what is this thing that I should do? Like, what is the thing? What's going to make me happy? What's going to make me happy? I even, this is a real left field, I even joined a team of women trying to row across the Pacific Ocean. No, you didn't. Yeah. Now, wait, did you (laughs) have any experience where you like... I mean, I, used to I guess w- you're a Brit, so a lot of yeah. you row a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be a rower. So, yeah, I used to row. And then I got this, I saw it in um, on in the newspaper, and I was like, this looks awesome. I would love to row across the Pacific. My family at the time were like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, are you mental? Um, I was involved in the team for a year, um, raising money to row across the Pacific and training to do it. And... Again, I got this message. Of she like, has really nice shoulders, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> got the shoulders for it, people. Got the shoulders for it. And then my guides were like, uh-uh, this isn't like, you know, this still isn't right. And I was like, 
really? Because this would be really cool. Like, I've always wanted to do something like this. Now, was th- this was before this before, was before you moved to Vancouver. Before I moved to so Vancouver. So this was another thing. So when you said, mm-hmm. like, my guides, and you're talking to your guides, and we'll get way into that at a certain yeah. point. Again, were you listening there? Did you actually, how did you end up not rowing? What made you not row? Um, it was interesting. I suddenly got this big um, message that even if I did the row, there was something missing. Like I, that it wouldn't be the thing that would light me up. It wasn't the purpose. It was very much like, Nat, this isn't the, what you're supposed to be doing. There's something else that you're supposed to be doing that you're going to discover, but this isn't it. And so then you, you moved to Vancouver searching. You're still in film and producing mm-hmm. and you're not, feel, you're not feeling it. No, nah, I was bored as, and I was just, and... What happens to you? Like, I can tell you, for me, my version, when I know I'm in the wrong place and I'm going against every voice inside of me, like, I become the worst version of myself. Like, you do not want me working for you. I'm, like, the bitchiest. Like, I'm just not a great... It's, like, just not the person who you probably hired to start with. Like, what's your version? Like, what were the things that were happening for you? All of that. I was horrible. Like, I was just like clock watching I was like get me out of here I would do the minimum that I needed to do my energy wasn't aligned with it I wasn't giving you know I wasn't turning up the way I you know I used to and what was interesting was I'd created the the first brand when I did my first ever branding for my company I'd already started creating it before I let go of my job so even though I was resisting the change I'd already started being like okay well maybe I'll do this on the you know maybe maybe I'll do this on the side and so basically my boss was like you need to go and discover what makes you happy because what you're doing now, it's not this. He's like, and now you're also making us completely unhappy. Completely. <laughs> That's the problem. You take people down with you. Yeah. So you lost your job. Mm-hmm. And now, and again, we're going to go back because I do want to talk about how you even discovered you mm-hmm. had such an easy connection. I say easy connection because as you would say, we all have it. Just some of us, we're not in tune with it yet or don't know how to exercise it. or how, So you have this amazing ability to connect with your spirit guides, but you'd never thought about ever doing it as a career or something to do. It just never occurred to you. It was just kind of like a hobby in your head or extra friends. Like what was it? In your extra counsel? Like, <laughs> I love it. Extra friends. <laughs> That's just the best. Um, no, I just thought it was something that was fun. I was like, I love doing this. I never even thought about having it as a, as a job. And my mentor at the time, she's like, you do know you're going to be doing this full time. Right. And I just laughed. I, I remember being like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, this is, and it was interesting, like how it all transpired that suddenly it was like, oh my gosh, this is the purpose. Do you know that thing that I've been looking for? Like, oh my God, like this is, this is it. And my guides were like, yes, finally you get it. So what do you say to people? Because I'm actually, it's intriguing we started with this because that's so was not the intent. We're kind of starting in the middle, which I love. But what I think is great about it is it's unbelievably relatable. I mean, so many people, especially listening to this podcast, are usually like, I'm just not satisfied anymore. I don't know what to do. I'm not sure where to go. I just know this isn't doing it for me. I want to make a life change, but I don't know what it is. What advice, I mean, not only obviously do you have a connection to the spirit guides who can also help download some information on that, but for you, you've been through it. You understand it. What, what advice can you give? Yeah, for me, I always like to share that it is 
look at what you've been given in your life. So sometimes we're looking for something like brand new. But when I look back, I was always being given the skills and the gifts and the talents. I just needed to like retune it into what I really wanted to do. And it is about taking the leap of faith. And it is about jumping before you get pushed and have and like trusting the downloads that are coming for you and really believing that you can make the changes because so often we're talking to ourselves like I can't do that because these people need me I can't do that because I won't make the money I can't do that because um, I'm not gifted enough like we tell ourselves so many stories to making the changes that we want and when we start realizing like these stories are bullshit, like they, they're not real. And then it's like you have to create the space because the universe provides like spirit will provide it for you. But you have to create the space. Otherwise, they're just going to keep giving you the same things. So the question is, and I think this is actually a perfect time to get into like what downloads are, what that means is trust. I mean, that's what you said. And trust is fucking hard because you are trusting inherently for a lot of people what is an unknown and people like to know things and they like it to be concrete so you're asking people to literally like jump on a trampoline jump really high off like an 80-story building and just free fall but know that you're going to be caught and it's going to be an amazing landing so let's talk about what we're trusting it's mm -hmm. the universe it's these spirit guides it's these downloads because you said trust your downloads so let's talk about what are downloads and let's also talk about the fact that everyone has them yeah because we do, we're born intuitive. From the minute you're born, you can access these gifts. And then what happens is through, you know, um, through parents or shame or fear, we shut these gifts down and it becomes these things that, you know, is, it's unspoken. And, you know, and, you know, we get into ancestral shame. That's part of all of this, too. That's a whole nother conversation um, and topic. But, yeah, and so what we do is we, like, push it away, but it's there because we we can all access it. We are getting the signs and the messages and the downloads. So, but we don't trust it. And so we need, and it's about rewiring. It's a rewiring of, do you know what, I'm going to listen to what my heart says because I'm bringing it, bringing it back to the heart from what spirit, what it feels like versus listening to the ego mind and listening to the chatter talking, you know, talking you out of things. How do those voices sound different? Um, I always describe that it will sound like your own pet, like your own voice. Don't expect that you're going to hear some voice of God or some, you know, you know voice up here that's not yours it will be your voice it will just have a different tone to it so it will come from the back of the head normally versus the front of the head for me that's how I like to describe that's it interesting yeah and it will also sound like um it will be more calm it will be more directional it will feel like they're asking you to do something versus your front chatter mind which will be like ticking over it'll have a different quality to it I love that. And everyone has it. Like, look, we all say we have busy minds. We're always thinking. So those voices are always there. It's just a matter of getting enough clarity to start listening to them. Yeah. And creating creating the space around it to, um, to receive. Because when you want the answer, like if you're desperate or you need an answer now and you're in that space of like, give me the answer. I need to know what's happening. You're not going to get the right message. Like, because you're not in the right headspace to receive it. So it is about, you know, if you want a message from your guides and you want them to step forward and you want to have that access, 
go and get yourself in the right headspace first. So go and do the yoga class, do the meditation, walk around the block, you know, listen to the music, dance around your house, whatever you need to do that puts you in the best way of um, of receiving, um, then you'll get the right message. Is there something about how you ask for the message as well? Like, is there... My point being like, if someone's like, oh, great, I got these things that are going to make things happen. Let me start asking. I want money. I want a relationship. I want the, like, if you start, is there something about the quality or do you know what I mean? The consistency and the quality of what you're asking for, does that change the relationship? Yeah, it does. It has to be aligned. Like if you're going for something that, you know, you guys are like, no, that's not part of the path. That's not part, you know, that's not going to come in either. It's more a case of like, do you know what? I need to let, m am I on the right path? Am I on the right guide? You know, is this right? Is this aligned? And there are a couple of ways that you can do this um, yourself where you can like ask and ask to receive. Um, firstly is letting, asking your guys to step forward, which we're going to do later. Um, but the other things that you can do is um, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And so really breathe what you want into your heart space. And like, Matt, if you've got a question, if something that you're asking whether you should bring in or do, do you go on that date? Do you buy that card? Do you go on holiday? You imagine, you shut your eyes, you imagine the question in like beautiful white light with like a green tinge around it. And what you do is you breathe that question into your heart space. You actually breathe it in and you notice how it feels in your body. For me, when it's a yes, I will feel like the tingles. I will feel heartful. It will make me feel excited. And it will just feel like a yes. I actually also get the word, I visually see yes. And I'll get like a, a green, which for me means go. Oh. Um, and then if it's a no, it's cold. It's, you know, I actually see a red stop sign. And it the energy is completely different. And it's about... It's as simple as that around just asking yes and no and trusting that it's a yes and a no because what we then screw ourselves up on <laughs> is that when you really, 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 really want something and you receive the no, it's then, you know, it's trusting that it's a no that versus real? pushing right. it. Is, is it real? real? Did I make that up? Mm -hmm. So that's what's hard too. So let's take one step back and then I want to go into like understanding the, the what you get. For people who don't understand, like, what are spirit guides? Like, where we keep mm. saying, where does it, where is this coming from? Yeah, so we all have um, spirit guides. We have a main guide who's with us from the moment we're born until we pass over. They're, like, our main guide that's with us. Sometimes they would have had previous lifetimes with them. They could have been our guides in previous lives, as well as they could have been um, actual human relationships where they come back to be a guide for you. Um and then we have a team. So I love to describe our spirit guides are like our cheerleader team in spirit because they're here to guide us. They're here to protect us. They're here to give us messages. And so we also have this team who pop in at different times um, depending on what we need. And you can have um, different members of this team. So, for example, when I moved to Vancouver, I got a First Nation guide who I'd never had before. And he stepped through in a meditation and was like, I'm here to help transition you into Vancouver energy and to ground you into what you're experiencing right now. So he appeared when I came to Vancouver and I'd never experienced him, him before in the UK. And is he still hanging around? Yeah, yeah, he comes through. Like, he's he's awesome. <laughs> like, he's this 
yeah big first nation guide and he comes in and when i'm really needing to feel grounded and protected he's like don't worry i got your back so talk to me about your guides then like who's your main guide she is she appeared to me when i was five at the end of my bed and she basically was so visually you saw her visually i saw her and she would basically said i'm here to guide and protect you and what's really interesting is a lot of the time with our main guides, they're associated with something that we had a fascination with as a kid, or we still continue to have a fascination with. So if you're drawn to a certain part of the world, it's really interesting when we start to rediscover our guides, they can have connections to things that we loved. So for example, um, I was obsessed with the color blue as a kid, like really obsessed. And now I see my guide, I get that because she has a very white blue vibe to her. I was also really obsessed with, um, uh, oh, that's so interesting. My guides have literally just taken that out of my mind. I'm like, <laughs> what am I saying? Um, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, me too. Oh I my was God. obsessed. Obsessed. Every hotel my brother and I went into, like we would play Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe and just be like, this is the word. Oh, obsessed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely obsessed with it. But I loved the queen i love the ice queen and i was like but why do why i do like the ice queen? why do i like the ice queen like <laughs> she's not the nice person in the book like what's but her um in the bbc drama as a kid she was very tall and she had this like very wiry figure with this like white and it, like this white vibe to her and that's what my um that's what my guides like she's really tall and very wiry and so i was like oh so when i got older i started to piece together all the bits around loving mary poppins and and <laughs> and it was basically this like this woman from the other side coming in so talk about you're five years old you see mm -hmm. this thing sitting on the side of your bed what's your reaction it was really interesting because i wasn't scared because i felt like it was it was important like it was a moment that it, it had this importance to it but it just felt real like at five it was you know it was like oh okay because you're kind of open and accepting at five. And how did she communicate with you? Um, honestly, it's like how I channel now. I just hear the voice. So like she's, you're looking at like almost like an apparition kind yeah, of. It's like and, a hologram. Right. And then you're hearing the voice in your head. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was just, a, there was just a knowing that it was safe and hearing, you know, hearing the voice and hearing the channeled message. Now, was your family very open to this stuff? Is there a reason you were still so open? As you've said, like kids get closed off as time goes on because normally they're not raised in a place where that's okay. Mm -hmm. Or So in, in your family, was it more open, more accepted? Why do you feel like this was so easy for you? Yeah, so um, it was really accepted. My mom's psychic, my sister's psychic. Oh my God. Um, but it was, it's interesting though, because as a ha it definitely wasn't a Harry Potter house. We literally... Um, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool. We did like, you know, it was, my mom held great space for it. Like if we would talk about things or, you know, my sister would say, oh, there was this man stood, woman stood at the end of my bed. Like, and mom would be like, oh, what do they look like? And my mom, my sister would then describe like my grand, my mom's grandmother. Like, so there was, it was, it was held in the space, which was really awesome that it was encouraged. And, um, but it was very much, it was interesting. My mom a, when I was 16, 17, she used to go to a circle in the UK, which is a space that you go and like practice your skills. And she was like, hey, I'm going to your psychic skills. Yeah, your psychic skills. She's like, do you want to come with me? And I was like, 
Uh, yeah. Okay. I was super intrigued. I was nervous because I'd never done anything like that before in a structured environment with like strangers that I didn't know. Um, but it was, yeah, it was amazing. So between five and 16, because the circle is at 16. Yeah. What was that like for you? Like how much chatter at this point are you hearing? How much you letting in? How much you accepting this world? How much of it scaring you? How much of it, like, where are you? Yeah. Um, for me as a kid, it was... Looking back, I was tapping into emotions. I could read a room. I could read the, what was going on emotionally. And honestly, it was really frustrating. Because <laughs> as a kid, when you've got adults telling you one thing, but you kind of feeling that what they're telling you is absolute bullshit, you kind of get very angry and frustrated. So as a kid, I was really angry and really frustrated. I was an angry kid too. Mm, I was angry and I didn't understand and looking back it was just like I didn't understand what was going on because and it came out as anger and frustration so my kid my um my mum and my parents like they pushed me into sport and dancing because it was a way that I could channel this frustration and emotions through and looking back if I hadn't have had the dancing or the sport or the physical movement oh my god I would have been and more of a nightmare than I was. Like people used to use me as a, you know, go and like look after look after Nat. Like this is really good contraception. <laughs> oh God, that's hilarious. You're like, oh, you don't want kids. Here you go, babysit her for a day. Babysit her. <laughs> um, um, so you're in a family of psychics. How does that work? Like, can you shut off what you know about people or information or what you're getting? Like, could you guys almost sit there and like never talk because you all just know everything? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's like... N um, like, how does that work when everyone's connected that way? It was difficult. Really difficult. Because it way? used to cause... I uh, Straight up, God, I've never talked about this before. I honestly feel like it, ca it caused a lot of friction. Because you can... It's like... Do you know how like families or any relationship where sometimes you're you're all on like one level, but there's like the subtext? Mm -hmm. And so everyone's like you end up living in the subtext mm -hmm. of the relationship versus what's happening on the top level, if that makes sense. Yeah. So as kids, it's really interesting as like, you know, seeing one thing, but knowing and kind of working out what the subtext is underneath. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an interesting growing up environment. But did you feel like you guys had subtext or it wasn't subtext because you all knew? Yeah, but the irony is, is because we didn't acknowledge that it was psychic stuff. In within the family. So it then became these very blurred lines. So it was like when we talked about, it was like knowing that we were psychic, but it was never really labeled. Like it was never labeled like, Nat, you're a psychic. So then this is what's, it's, this is actually fascinating. So because the one thing, let's say when you're not psychic, you have are barriers. Like whatever you choose to show is what people see for good or for bad. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's not great because you're not good at expressing yourself. So in a family, if you have nowhere to emotionally hide ever, mm -hmm. what does that do? Like, and it sounds like, but because you guys knew that no one would actually address what they actually knew. Mm -hmm. So the truth wasn't actually talked about, but it was known. Yeah. So it's this weird dance you guys are constantly doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and I just, and that's what made me angry and frustrated as a kid because I was like, what is this? So were you angry at your parents? Were you angry at your sibling? Like... Um, I think angry at my parents, like I wasn't really angry at my sister. I think she was just, you know, the same it, it, in the same mood of like what that was going on. But looking back, yeah, it was more of a frustration of 
like the non-acknowledgement of my parents and just of what that looked like that I found frustrating. And so did you find that made you use your gift less? Yeah, that's a really good question. I've never been asked that before. Um, I felt like I was, I shut it down. I was interesting around being seen in the fact, like it's about being seen. So you kind of just get on with stuff. So yeah, I shut my intuition down. I was always, um, inverted commas, lucky. Like I was, I if, if I did something, I was lucky at it. Um, looking back, that was very intuition based. That I was just like, oh no, this is what I'm supposed to, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is the path. But yeah, no, I did shut my intuition down. And so at 16 is when it started coming back, going in the circle. Yeah, and interestingly, I would, I also share. Keep going. Yeah, that my we got a dog. So we got this dog um, who was like the best psychic dog ever. I was going to say, were you all mind fucking this dog the whole time? <laughs> he literally, like he reactivated our like intuition and our abilities as well. Like he came in um, and really reactivated the energy in the house of making it more um, spoken about than underground. It became like, oh yeah, this is, you know, this is Reiki, like you're feeling this energy and you, you know, you can heal him. And, you know, he really had this, uh, this powerful energy that was brought in by this dog, which then led to my mum going to circle, which then led me going to circle with her. And it was, it was this dog. I know it sounds crazy. No, no, no. What was the but, dog's name? Um, Billy. And he, it, you know, he was, he lived to like 12. He was amazing. Like he, he, he still appears like I'm even in Vancouver, like he'll appear in spirit on my bed. And I just, I know when he's around. I love that. So wait, your mom didn't go to the circle all the time. No. She, so that's interesting. Cause Oh, so she finally started really admitting and owning. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, she probably clearly saw that she needed to let you do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so and she owned her gifts and then inspired me to own mine. And then everything started to change, like yeah. fam familial relationship-wise and like just for you. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so then all this time from 16 until when were you in Vancouver getting fired? Yeah, so um, 16 to when I was 30. One, yeah, it was you embraced your gift, but you weren't using it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were times in my early twenties um, at university. I was, I started to really. Um, I was, um, I had a housemate at university who was psychic, and we kind of like. It in, do you know when you, hit, you meet these people that reactivate again something in you and it yeah. comes back around like the dog but in human form and we were, it was suddenly like oh okay and the psychic stuff like massively came through, um, and I had some. Um, yeah, experiences around intuition then, and then it was, and then it kind of got left left away again as I stepped into my career, my proper career in film at like 24 when I stepped into that. So it's really interesting how it's like ebbed and flowed and it's been reactivated by people and then I've let it go and yeah. So let's, you keep saying life path, like I'm mm -hmm. connecting with my life path. So again, for people, so spirit guides are, in the ether, they're up there, people that have either lived lives with you before or they're here to be just guides. Um, when you talk about a life path, are you saying that something's pre-written? Are you saying, what What does life path mean for people? I know we're all like, what's our purpose? We have a life path, I want to, but what does that mean for you? Is that, and do you believe, like, is it pre-written and what is pre-written? Yeah, great question. I and I just there's something around like being a kid and 
and being like, I'm here to do something. Like I'm here to, there's something about this and I'm, and it's like, I don't know what it is yet, but I know that there's something that I'm supposed to be sharing and, and it's important and I don't know what that is yet. And I'm going to be, and it's going to like, un, it's going to unravel in the way it's supposed to. And it took, you know, till I was like 31 to make, suddenly really become clear around like what that is and what that looks like. But they, um, we do, uh, we do have a path, but there's always free will. And that's, that's the interesting thing. We have free will in all of this, which is why I like to describe like the guides are like recalibrating us to get like back on the path or back on the track of like, you know, are you sure you want to do that? Or isn't it more a bit like this? Or do you really want to be in that relationship? You know, and we are, there is, there's always, um, free will um, within what is predestined and it's about the journey and we might it's not a straight line it's like a zigzag and the predestiny is that chosen by us our souls like I mean I think let's bring in I guess reincarnation a little bit because if we're talking about spirit guides so if you have like a team mm-hmm. and this team I'm guessing goes in and out all playing different roles at different yeah. times so what does that mean like after you I mean I always like to say life and death is it's not a beginning and an end at all it's just two points on a continuous spectrum mm-hmm. so if you're looking at it that way what in your mind or your philosophy how do people come back is it you're choosing a certain thing that you have to do is it to learn a specific something and so therefore if you're off and like you said free will you could probably go a whole lifetime not even getting close to what you came to do yeah and then do you have to come back and do that again or no, the next time's different? Like talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we're here to learn. Like we are here to learn. Our soul is, you know, here to learn. We've chosen a human body. We've chosen a human body. We've chosen this human existence to learn. And if we don't learn, it just repeats. And so it's a choice whether, you know, whether you're going to do the learning in a lifetime, you're like, no, nah, not doing it. Not, I'm not interested but it will keep coming back around, which is why you'll notice in this lifetime you'll re- be repeating, you know, the same themes around, you know, trust or abandonment or love or worth. And it's like those themes get repeated until, you know, you've done the learning. So would you tell people, because you're a life coach also, so in that sense, is that where you bring in the life coaching skills of you know, when people are low and they're feeling depressed or negative or feel like nothing is going to work for them, is that part of what you're saying, which is like, no, this is exactly what you chose, like this is what you're supposed to be doing, as awful as that this may be for you right now? So how my sessions work is it's very much about, I work with spirits, so I connect with the guides to be like, this is where you're at now. This is the blocks. This is, you know, this is what your soul is it wants to do. This is where you're at. This, these are the blocks. This is what you, the work that you need to do to remove it because this is what's there. Like this is the potential that you have. Um, this is what they're showing me, but you need to do, you know, we need to look at the shadow first because so often we're wanting this stuff. You know, I want this better job. I want to be in that relationship. I want this money, but we have all the blocks that are holding us back from getting there. And when you realize that those blocks aren't just your blocks, they're, they're blocks that were created, yes, when you, were, when you were younger, but they're also your family blocks and they're your family stories and your ancestor stories. And then you put your past lives in there too where you're creating the same thing because that happened in a past life. You're realizing that it's not just blocks on your human, you know, on this level. It's about, okay, how do I unravel the string because it's all connected? And so if people 
this spirit guide group, this team, are they always, is it this, like you said, some people come in and out, but mm -hmm. is that your team? So for as many lifetimes as you may live, is this probably your team? No, I feel like I'm, I'm just asking this now <laughs> and I'm just channeling how they want me to describe it. Um, no, it's, it, it's very different all the time. The main guide can be the same or it might be a different guide, main guide every time. Like I know my main guide I've had for many lifetimes. Like I know we've done like so much stuff together, that's, which is why I'm working with her now in this lifetime in this way to do the, you know, the work that I'm doing. But, you know, the, the spirit guide, the cheerleader team can shift and change. And I know that some of you are, are thinking this and I always like to share loved ones can't loved ones who have passed over can't be your main guide but they can be part of your cheerleader team and spirit so if you're you are super close to your grandmother and um she gave you lots of guidance she won't be your main guide but she can be part of your cheerleader team and so when you and can you ever be a guide like so with your guide have you ever been her guide like how connected are you yeah, great question. Um, I haven't been her guide, but I know that in my soul's evolution that I can come back as a guide. Is it like a step process, like a university, like you have to graduate from one level to get to another? Yeah, because it's all about learning. It's all about like how you have like the masters and the, the teachers. It's it's that whole like, you know, we've we've transcended, we've done the work, we've looked at like what it does, the, the learning and the teaching that we're here to do. And then we get to kind of go up the food chain a little bit. And do spirit, do the guides, like the main guides ever come back down and reincarnate in human form or are they done with that? They're done with that. Yeah, they've done, they've done their thing. They've done their time of being you know, humans. And how much do you know about your spirit guides, like, past? Like, how does it work? Do you know what I mean? Like, what is the mm. relationship? Is it all about making sure you're guided or do you ever sit down for tea and, like, find out stuff that's going on with her? Right. <laughs> no, it's important because you can have, like, especially if you've had previous lifetimes together, you can go and find out what those lifetimes were. So when I connect people to their guides, it's sometimes it's about um, reconnecting them and me taking them on a journey to reconnect to their guides and they'll give like all like so much detail and so so much information but it is it's about spending that time to be like okay well what lifetime did we have together what did that look like um yeah where in the world was it or are they just you know bringing in a different element to it some of them are star seeds some of them are aliens alien we have a, some some people have alien main guides so they will be from a different planet so sometimes they won't have necessarily been in human form, but you could have experienced them if you're a uh, starseed energy. And how much, I mean, I, anyone who listens to this regularly knows I love this shit. Like you bring up aliens, I'm like, now I'm in, let's talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. So with aliens being your spirit guides, like how often can an alien reincarnate into a human form? Yeah. Well, uh, I do. So you're basically asking me, do aliens live among us? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't mean among us in the universe. I mean among us on Earth. Yeah. I, 100%, we have aliens living within us, within, yeah, I have clients that come through and I'm like, they're sat in front of me and I'm like, you are not from this planet. <laughs> like, you are literally here for a human existence. To and learn something. To learn something. And nine times out of ten when people feel that, they don't feel like they fit in. They they question what home is. They're always look. They're obsessed with the sky. They're obsessed with the stars, 
and they struggle with living a human existence. And so then when they mate, for mm-hmm. lack of better words, then what happens? What is, is, is that different? Because when people, let's say mate, have sex and reproduce, is that just purely genetics on earth or is there soul sharing that happens? Great question. Um, <laughs> I love that. I've never been asked that. Um, I think it's you have to separate the difference between like you've been brought with that person because your souls are supposed to learn from each other right. and have that connection. But as an, on a human DNA level, that's like a completely separate thing. Right. So it's just the DNA is shared, but it's not like souls become a different mix and become a different soul. Souls always stay their own entities. Yeah. Even yeah. though we probably believe we're all connected as one soul, but within their own entities, they're... Yeah, because you've each got this soul learning and this soul journey of like why you're here. And that's why you can have like soul groups and soul families where you will, you know, have these soul families that might not necessarily be a family member, but they're here to like support you and guide you and like keep you on track. So they can, you can have soul families that aren't the guides, but are actually like you know real people in real life that sometimes it could just be that person in the street that says that really helps you out one day but you know or you speak to that person you have like that solid connection it's like i know you you guys i'm so excited to talk about the next dentox live it's going to be a panel and if you have not come to these yet i strongly suggest that you do you get a chance to ask your own questions you always leave with goodies and they're just a whole lot of fun this next one's about sex it's called all the fields mastering sex and relationships we've got three incredible people in their field sex with emily John Wyland, who just sold out two workshops back-to-back this weekend, and Ryan Weiss. This is going to be Saturday, February 23rd at 7 p.m. I promise you it's going to be fun. It's not going to be weird or uncomfortable. It's going to be a blast. And any questions you have, whether it be about sex, intimacy, or just that guy or girl who won't talk to you, please bring them because that's what this is about. If you're interested, and we really hope you are, please go to dentalkspodcast.com. It's such easy. There's a link there to sign up. Hopefully, we'll see you that Saturday. Hey guys, sorry for the interruption, but I just wanted to talk about this incredible opportunity. Everyone's always asking how they can do more and be part of the community. So we have this incredible chance to do it. February 16th, Valentine's Day weekend, we're going down to Skid Row with Lunch on Me, Lorega Gaston's organization. She's been on the podcast, so check out that episode. And we're going to go to Skid Row, 10 a.m. to volunteer, 1 p.m. for the block party. Let's go. Let's make these people feel seen, heard, and good because that's part of the epidemic, as Lorea tells us. Please go to denmeditation.com. Go to the schedule, and you can sign up for the Lunch on Me event. Hope to see you guys there. It's really going to be amazing. So let's go through that again because I love that. So now we'll bring it back to, like, everyone out there. What are things, whether you're obsessed with this concept like I am or you're like, eh, I'm not so sure, what are the most basic things that you could be like, if you just paid attention a little bit, this is the universe and your guides trying to connect with you. Yeah. So I love to describe that by you can ask your guides to show you a sign that you're on the right path, that you're on the right track. What you do is you um, ask them to step forward and just trust the first thing that you're shown. For me, it's an owl. When I see owls, I know I'm on the right path and I'm on the right track. How did that start for you? Like how did an owl become your thing with 
with them? Um, because it just felt really aligned and I called it forward and I just saw the image of an owl in my head and I was like, that's my, I'm on the right path, I'm on the right track. In fact, before I got here, um, up the road, there's a building and it has owls as like to stop the birds flying on and it's like got all these owls on the top of the building. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm on the right path, I'm on the right track. I so, love it. Yeah, you just start to notice what that is for you. Um, I also have a sign that like, um, something amazing is about to happen. And then I picked something a bit uh, left field. Um, for me, it was a Vizsla dog. It's like a really rare dog that you don't really see. And I know when that shows up that something special is coming in. Now you picked that. You I basically that. said, hey, if anything crazy is about to happen, mm -hmm. show me this dog. Mm -hmm. you, can pick, you can pick the sign. So it can, it can come through like, okay, this is what feels really aligned for me. The other thing you can do is just honestly just start noticing like we we talk about synchronicities we talk about numbers a lot of the time for some people it's visual signs and sometimes it's just feeling signs like you you just know something and it's about tuning into what the yes is and what the no is in your everyday life and as a practical example of working with your guides the best thing, like, it starts with, like, asking for car parking spaces. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, before you, if you're driving somewhere. But I like that. For people who aren't necessarily believers, it's like, start with the thing that's going to make you happy. Like, that basic thing yeah. that, yeah. at the very least, you're going to get a, a space. Completely. And so what I do, and it works, is that when I'm, like, literally near home, I will say, please give me a parking space outside the front of the building. But you get specific because also you then say that's easy to drive into because I hate reverse parking. It drives me, me crazy. So I, get I text my husband every time I do it well. I'm like, oh my God, today was the day. I somehow got into the spot, parallel parking, because <laughs> it's that rare. Yeah. So I like to share that, you know, you actually get really specific. And the it's so, it's, I love it because I, you know, trust it. Because so often there might be a, like a car, you know, a car parking space like two blocks back, but you know, trust it. Actually, drive to the front and see the space. So when you say ask them, how are you asking them? Is it say it in your head or out loud? I'm trust. I say it out loud when I'm driving. I'm like, I would like a car parking space. But it can be as simple as that. There's no intro. There's no mm -hmm. weird thing you have to do. There's no drum. There's no like la 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 la. There's nothing else you have to do. Definitely no. <laughs> Definitely no. It lives. Our oh, guys. So you don't even have to meditate. No. I mean, for people, it's like as simple as just talk out loud, they're listening. Mm -hmm. This work is in this, you know, it lives among us. It's not on a different ethereal plane. It's here. The messages and the signs and the guidance are here. They want us to know that it's here. It's grounded and we can all access it. And when we start making it too ethereal or otherworldly, that's when we start thinking that it's not attainable for us. We have to have a special gift. Which goes back to trust. Mm -hmm. So what you just said I think is really amazing is people start feeling like you have to have a special gift. And you're saying you don't. We all have it, so it's not special. No, because we're all special. And it's about all the answers are already within us. It's just about how we can unpack them. And it's about how we can access and trust the intuition and have that faith versus thinking that we need an external source to provide the guidance when it's, you know, the guides in the end, it's, it comes from within, like the intuition comes from within. Someone always asked me this amazing question, like what's the difference between accessing your intuition and your guides? Like what's the difference? Because the guides seem like an external force and you're talking about intuition, which feels like internal. Like, like it's the same thing. It's the same thing. But our guides hold the space 
so we can access the intuition, if that makes sense. And so then it goes back to trust, just trust, because it's all there. Mm-hmm. And they're all there, like the spirit. So when you think about spirit guides, too, like physically, is there a physical? Like I know you saw yours as like a hologram at the end of your bed. Like if you were... And for you, how does it work for you? Do you have to like turn on your ability to listen or see? Like if you looked right now, could you be like, oh, there's five guides in this room right now or there's 10 angels or this or does it not work like that? Do you have to like sit down? Like how much do you see and not see and do you have to turn it on and not or not turn it on? Um, great question. For me, I can, it's like a switch. So the more you practice it, it's like um, standing under the tap and like allowing the water, so it's like you turning the tap full on and allowing the water to flow or you shutting it off. So for me, when I'm walking through life as not as, you know, as the human, the, the tap's off. Like I don't want to be seeing everything all the time. Like, but when I want to see, I'll, the, the tap's open. So did you have to learn to turn the tap off? Yes. Yeah. Like you, it's important because so often. Was that's there a part of your life where you were seeing everything everywhere? Yeah, there was a there's been a couple of times um at university and college when I met that friend um that we were sharing the room. That was just a crazy time. <laughs> like I was like, okay, this is just too much. Like I can't live like this. This is like too overwhelming. And it is about creating boundaries and like around it and saying no. So for example, if I'm doing work or like there's a spirit that comes to the end of my bed or I feel like there's someone in my apartment or I'm tapping into an energy, I literally say no. Like I actually say like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this right now. Like this isn't happening. So have you ever been privy to information that you didn't want to have? Good question. Um, yeah, looking back, um, I it's really interesting, and I never put it towards intuition, but at the time, but I knew that my boyfriend was cheating on me, but I didn't. Oh, been there. But I didn't know. I I was like I was in denial phase. It was in my like, but I knew, and it was making me ill. Like I was. It makes was, you crazy. It makes you crazy, and it's <laughs> manifesting in my body. But I knew, but I was like, oh my God, what am I what, doing? So I had, I was, we were really just talking about this the other day. It was so funny. Um, so I'll say it here. I had a boyfriend who was totally cheating on me. And I used to literally have dreams about, I would know. And I would ask, I would actually, I was doing the mature thing. I'd be like, is this happening? No, no, you're crazy is what I kept getting told. And so then I didn't know because I'm like, wait, I'm actually asking. They're assuring me it's not happening, even though there'd be a day I'm like, so weird. I had a dream that you were with so-and-so last night. And he later told me like, oh, I was legitimately with that. But like, it was so fucked up. But the most fucked up thing was they kept telling me, no, you're crazy. And then you start to believe you're mm -hmm. crazy. And then you start to act crazy. And then you start to hate yourself a little bit because you're like, again, the worst version of yourself because you're going against every ounce of your intuition. But I remember it was the same thing like, and so my husband now, he and I joke all the time because I'm like, you know, I'll always find out no matter what you do. And he was like, oh, I know you're weird like that. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, so do whatever you want. And I might not know right away, but trust me, like, it's me. Like, I'm going to know. Like, I always can get a sense and a feeling. I think a lot of women especially. But and oh, yeah. so men out there, you should figure that out. They're always going to find out. Always. Like, especially intuitive women. Like, it's hilarious. My boyfriend's right now. He's like oh my gosh, nothing, I can't get anything past you. And there are times where, you know, he quit smoking and um, he came home one day and I was like, 
you've been smoking. And he's like, oh, shit. And I was like, you've hidden them in the glove compartment. I can see them. And he's like, God damn it. Like, I can't, like, hide anything from you. You just, you know. You take it to another level. I love <laughs> it. You're like, I see exactly. Because I had, by the way, with my husband, he supposedly, I had the same thing. But it was like, he lied for months about it. I'm like, are you smoking? No. Are you smoking? No. I'm like, are you sure? Same thing. I knew. And then finally, like, one day I found this. Like, I had to literally find them. And I was like, God damn it. Like, just don't lie. Because I knew. But, um. Wait, so this is fascinating, though. So you're in a relationship, and you're psychic. So you legitimately saw, I love that you saw that. What else? Like, how hard, is that hard for him in general? Like, we were just joking about it, but, like, if we get serious for a second, what is it like to be actually in a romantic relationship where, again, can you, if you turned on the tap, what could you know? Everything. So do you, what do you do with him? Is that tempting sometimes to turn on the tap when you want to know something? Oh, great question. Um, yeah. Because you're human. Of I mean, course. you're still human. Like, I wanna, <laughs> like, do I want to know stuff? Uh, but what's interesting is that I I do, I hold back. Like, it's like, I, it's, do you know what I was talking about? Like, tap off. Yeah. It's like, tap off. Like, it was, it's a really interesting energy around that, around like, do you know what? This isn't, he has to go and explore his stuff and his intuition. He he jokes sometimes like, oh, baby, you never give me messages. And there are times I'm like, I give you messages like all the time. <laughs> like I'm giving you like downloads around like, oh, have you thought about calling this person? Or, you know, it's just like the small things, like the noticing. So how do things. you give him downloads? Um, I will either say, sometimes it will just be like I'm talking, like a normal conversation, but I'm just like, oh, you know, have you thought about like, you know. Just oh, so you'll give him downloads that are coming through Coming you. through. But sometimes I'll be very clear of like, okay, this is a message and I'm giving it to you. Like this is, the, I have to give you this message because it's really, you have to, you know, this is important. So, and then when it, it's also funny because he works in film and he works on set and there'll be days where he, he we've now got into this thing where he's like, what time do you think I'm going to finish? <laughs> and I'll be like, and what's funny is I'll get the message because um, with times, with guides or dates, I um, I actually see the clock and I get I hear what it is. I was like, I think you're gonna finish at like mm, like nine thirty. He's like, okay, let's see if it happens. Let's let's see. And we've got in this schedule where it's hilarious. It's like quarter quarter past nine, and he's like, I am literally just wrapping up. And then he calls me again. He's like, yep, nine thirty, just leaving. And so it's funny. He now like we get a gauge of the, his his workday from spirit. So how does that work? Because a lot of people would say the purpose of relationships is, and you said it earlier too, with souls is to learn from each other and. Some people say in the fact of like, you're given exactly what you need to learn. So sometimes relationships can feel actually harder and people run away from those, but those could be actually the good ones for you because it's helping you grow and it's the shit you actually need to work out. So if you're psychic and can already kind of know what someone, like, is that cheating in some ways or do you still work out that stuff? Like, do you get to that point or is it kind of advancing you past there? Great question. Um, no, I feel like it's interesting because I feel like my learning with him right now is like he's allowing me to um, to step into my gifts. He's allowing me to step into my career and I'm, I'm supporting him to step into his career. So we've both been brought together to really allow each other to show up in the world how we're supposed to show up and support each other around that. And do I know where that's going to go? Like, I have an inkling of where, like, where we want to go with that. Do I know the end game? No. And I'm not shown everything. So it's different. 
I don't, I have a, you know, I'm, when it's my own intuition and it's for me, I'm not getting those forward thinking, like I can give someone a client session and I'm saying something, this is, you know, this is coming in and it's going to happen in October. It's very different from me doing it to me. Like I might know like, okay, something really big and important is going to happen in March, but I won't necessarily be able to get all the details because straight up, my, my ego mind gets in the way of myself. Right. Does your guy tell you things are your ego or do you have to figure that out yourself? I have to figure out like, you know, it's back into I then, this is why I'm sharing these practices because they're what I use. So I'm getting out of my mind so I can get my messages. And so that's that. It's the, you know, it's a practice. Are there other times, like talk about other times like that you struggle with. Like what are your other, like we've talked about you were on the wrong step career-wise and you felt it, but are there other times in your life, whether it be in a relationship you were definitely fighting against yourself or in a deep period of learning and and how you handled that? Yeah, great question. Um, I find for me is that when I'm going through deep learning and I'm looking at my shadow stuff, it's really interesting around what I bring into my life to help me support that, whether it's yoga or going traveling. I actually find that I've had my some of my biggest like looking at my shadow stuff when I've again like it's like why I moved to Vancouver I've actually had to remove myself out of my normal existence so I can really go and look at what's important whether it's been you know going traveling or you know I was really lucky to go to India for six weeks that I just went on my own and I just traveled on my own and it was just like it all made sense. Like it really, like having those, creating the space to go inward and find like, like who's Natalie? Like what's she about? Like what makes her happy? What pisses her off? What makes her angry? Like what does she love? What does she hate? And just having, otherwise when we're in this like go, 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 go all the time, it's really hard to work out what those things are. Talk about, you keep mentioning shadow side. Can you explain it for people who might not understand what that is? Yeah. Um, so we live in a dualist world. There's light where there's dark. Where, you know, as much as we talk about spirituality around, oh, it's all love and light. It's not. It's about the shadow. The shadow is like our fears, our worries, our anxieties, um, the things we get stuck on, the negative chatter in our mind, the the thought patterning, the conditioning, that when we look at the shadow and we work through the stuff that keeps, you know, that keeps stopping us from being the best version of ourselves, when we look at that shadow, that's when the learning takes place. And everybody has shadow. Yeah. It doesn't exist without. And is there a question of balance? Like some people are overruled by their shadow and they need a... So for instance, and is there light in everybody? Yes. There is light in everyone. So when you're looking at, let's say, a serial killer, and how would you describe, like, what's that balance? What is that all about? Is that someone just completely disconnected to the universe? Is that someone that's just veered off path? Yeah, well, I would say to that, you know, if if I there was a serial killer, I'd be like, uh, my guys would be like, okay, well, let's take this back. Because where were you age two or three? Because you weren't a serial killer when you came in. You came in, like, whole. You came in complete. What happened to get you into this? What were the things that allowed the shadow side to take over so that you, you know, that you couldn't be the whole complete you? And it's about, you know, getting back to that feeling whole and feeling complete. And of course, you know, does my, you know, does shadow side come up? 
always like it's we're always learning it's no there's no end game there's no like okay once I've done all of this I get to this point and I'm you know that's it it doesn't work like that we're learning and evolving till you know we pass over and we come back like so so I'm sure there's people out there who are like so then what's the point like yeah so what's the point is it not to be happy is it to be happy is it is it just to learn is it you know is it just to make it through this and then come back again and keep doing it? Are we on a treadmill? What would you say to that? I would say it's all about bringing it back to love and we're being taught how to love. And I, it's I say that too. And it's, a, it's, it's as simple as that. It's about, do you know what? You know, it's about the love and, and we're being guided to be able to communicate the love to ourselves and then once we've connected to the love within ourselves, that we can then share it to all the relationships and all the people around us. And I mean, I think what's interesting about what you're talking about, especially with shadow too, I think it can really help people with compassion. Because if you do realize that everyone has both in them, then hopefully people can look at those who they may perceive as small as like a bad relationship. So they may perceive all darkness. They're just full of anger towards this person or our country right now, which is like so divided and everyone thinks the opposite side is like all dark and horrible. Like it, hopefully that would help bring some understanding of no, there's light in, in all. Yeah. And there's a reprogramming going on. Like we're being called up right now. This is why like intuition and spirituality is, you know, coming back and being mainstream because we've been, you know, there isn't, a, not it's not a coincidence that this is coming back when we need it now like our souls have reincarnated now because this is what the world needs because we're about it's about creating change you can't be spiritual and not want to create change like you can't call but I love that because I do think there's a pacifism that happens with spirituality mm -hmm. so that's actually really interesting that change and spirituality is actually linked versus pacifism yeah, and, and when people say um, there's a bypassing going on right now around, oh, but we're all one. We're all one. And it's like, yeah, I get that as a concept, but as a on a practical level, we're not all one right now. And so it's about how can we lead with love, bringing it back to love? How can we lead with love so that we can find this equanimity? Like, how can we do this? Because... We, to call ourselves spiritual means that we do have to shine the light on the injustices and we do have to be part of the change. And that's the shift what, which is coming in, which is why when I'm talking about intuition, it's about intuition for everyone, regardless. It's not a privileged thing. And it's about making it for everyone, regardless of um, race, gender, um, sexuality. Like, it's really, really important. And when you say we have to show the love and, and, and bring out the light and all, how do people do that? How do you give people that advice? Because I find I run up against just, there's a lot of anger. So how can people look to what they perceive as darkness and instead of being angry at it, try and just shed the light on it? Yeah, and it's about um, holding the space with love. Like sometimes we, when someone's angry, it's seen as a negative thing. Oh, well, this person is just angry. But it's like, okay, well, let's sometimes we actually have to like 
um, hold, sometimes hold space for that anger and see why, but it's about treating it with love, like holding that space of love for that person. Obviously, when it's too much and you need to step away, like, of course, like protect you, you know, it's that's important too. But, you know, we have to lead with, you know, with being called to have that compassion with love and in your own personal life, we forget that we're energy beings and that it ripples. So if you're just treating yourself with love and then you're bringing that into your family, which then, you know, that creates a ripple into communities and then that community ripple spreads out. Like we we get too obsessed with the, with the macro of like, you know, I, how do I make a change? You know, for politics, people are like, yeah, but how, I can't make a change to this. This is just happening. Like, how do I make a change? And it starts with you. Like, it starts with you of how you love yourself and how you treat your friends and how you treat your family. And then that ripples out into communities and that creates change. I love that because I also love that on the micro of just even in relationships when, like, you're butting up against heads or you're frustrated, you feel like it's not working. And whether it ultimately is right for you or works for you, there's something about holding it in love, which is really beautiful and totally changes the way you'd probably approach almost every situation. Yeah, like I find that even in my own relationship, there are times where am I pissed off with him and angry? Yeah, like that's just natural human, you know, but I'm always then I, I pause and I'm like, okay, but why? Why is this coming up in the space? Like why is why is he frustrated? Why am I frustrated? And it's about trusting that you trust can, there it is again right trusting that you can hold the space for each other and communicate and be vulnerable with each other to really say what's going on because in relationships half of it is i don't feel comfortable or i don't feel safe being really vulnerable about why because a lot of the time things are happening in relationships that we get triggered because of um you know past conditioning again back to the shadow right Four yous. I want to do your four yous really quickly. Type of meditation you rely on the most? Psychic guided meditation. So for me, I use meditation to connect to my guides and go on a journey. Amazing. Do you journal or have any other daily practice? Journaling is really important. Just like it's, for me, it's channeling. It's like where it comes, where it comes through. So yeah, daily practice. And other, the other thing is, um, in the shower, I call my guides forward. It's the best place to, if you want messages, if you want to set your day up right, I set my day up right in the shower by calling in my guides. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. And again, just by talking out loud or in your head. So I imagine like the water clearing my aura. So I actually imagine the water coming in, clearing my aura. And I literally say, what do I need to know today? And I just notice where my mind wanders. Like it's not going to be again like this big voice. I just notice what feeling, what I'm feeling, what I need to know. Like, you know, sometimes I get the message of like, you should really call that person. I'm like, yeah, I really should. Like I have been putting that off and then I call them and it's like the perfect divine timing and something really beautiful lines up. But it starts just by, yeah, having that confidence to say, what do I need to know today? And some days it's like, do nothing. Like, take a break. And what I like that you've been saying for people who aren't necessarily believers either, part of the reason I think people aren't believers is because sometimes it's subtle. And, like, it's, again, it's this whole trust thing. And trust is hard for a lot of us in society. So it's actually really interesting what, if you can learn to trust more out there, trust in yourself, know it's going to be okay, and let go of the fear, you're going to get so much. Like, whether it's just the ability to move forward, but also this ability to connect with these guides who are there to support you. Because even what you're saying, you're like, it's subtle. Just like pay attention to your feeling, pay attention to your reactions, pay attention to where your mind is wandering, pay attention to what 
symbol comes in your head. Mm. And the rep- the repetitions, like if you're seeing like the repetitive things that keep going over and over and over, like they're like, hello, are you know, what are you doing? Or yeah, it's really, really important. I remember, and then we'll continue your four use, but I once, and it was actually with the den, I'm, I, I joke because I like to talk to my guides too, or I just talk a lot, period, to everyone. <laughs> um, and I remember asking a question. It was before I actually started the den, but basically the question was like, should I do this? I mean, I was at that point where I was about to pull the trigger in a big way. Like once I pulled that trigger, it was like finances, time, energy. I mean, it was like no pulling back. And so I remember meditating and saying, I'm just going to ask. And like, I put it out there, like literally I like held it in my hand and was like, should I be doing this or should my energies be going elsewhere? Like either way, like I will do something like, is this really what I should be putting everything behind? Like I feel it, but like, you know, I was nervous as any normal human being should be. And I said in the same thing, and I know I'm putting this out there, but if you haven't learned about me, I really need you to be obvious. I was like, I said it, I was like laughing. I'm like, I need you to be super obvious. None of these subtle signs. It's not going to work for me. Like I need you to basically, I need to know because that's happened to me before too. Where I'm like, I know these, I know they're telling me, but I didn't want to hear it. And sure enough, like I've always, I've told this story before in two hours afterwards, three hours, I don't even know. I got an email from my tax guy saying, Hey, congratulations your tax ID number came in today. So you're officially like set up, you can set up your bank account. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But by the way, that wasn't even enough for me. And so then I said, okay, two hours after that, a lawyer, separate, they don't even know each other. I spoke to them probably eight months apart from each other. They're not connected. But for my um, IP, he basically texted me. He's like, oh, congratulations. Like the den is yours. The name is yours. Like you've got it. Like it just came through today. They were within like, three hours of me having this meditation within an hour of each other. And I just started laughing. I was like, thank you. That was obvious. I appreciate it. (laughs) But like, I had to basically be like, I need something more than so. Like, I was just like, I need it. And they, I have to say they delivered. I mean, it could not have been more obvious. I was on vacation. It was the most random day. And like, they just basically were like, bring, bring, like gave me the information I needed. It was crazy. And it it is like, you know, it sounds, ask and you shall receive. Like seriously. For sure. And I said, I said out loud because I was traveling. I was by myself and I said out loud, got it, I'll never question again. And that's what I said. Like, yeah. to me, that was like the deal. Like, they did something a little extraordinary, a little above and beyond because I would not listen to the subtle stuff. And I was like, okay, reciprocation, I won't question it again. And plowed forward and we were open in like four months. Yeah. It's crazy. we get tested. That's the thing. It's like, are you going to do it? Are you going to try? Yeah. But we do. The universe will test it but we, to really allow us to trust. And when they know we're trusting, more stuff flows in. It's a muscle. Like, the more you trust, the more you'll get. Yeah, it was pretty fascinating. I love it. Such a great story. <laughs> Did not mean to interrupt your four years. But no, I no, it's cool. <laughs> okay, so helpful tip for valuable meditation. Yeah, for me, I always share that, especially when like connecting to your guides or any psychic guided meditation, it's really important not to lie down. So what happens is, is that the energy flows through us, but it's really important to stay grounded. And you'll get more guidance from your guides when you are like, it's like grounding a plug. Like when the electricity is flowing through it, it needs to be grounded. It's exactly the same with our body. So when we're receiving the information, it's really key to have both feet planted on the ground um, versus lying down because you will get more guidance love that that's actually really interesting and it's funny I was like thinking back I'm like that's true like when I lie down versus sit when I meditate but part of it's also usually I'm lying down because I'm so tired so it's like a half-assed meditation anyway but it's true like whatever I think almost somehow 
I mean, Nicole hears me talking about it all the time. I'm like, oh, I was meditating, and then this happened. I was meditating, and then this happened. It's always something crazy. Okay, favorite self-care hack? Um, I'm a big salt bath fan. So if you're, mm. especially if you're someone that deals with people on a daily basis or you're a healer or you hold space for a lot of people, it's really important at the end of the day for you to cut the energy cords with people. And so, yeah, jump into Him Himalayan bath salts with like baking soda, any essential oil that you want. But it's really, really key for you to jump in that salt water to wash the energy off so you can start yourself fresh. Do you do that daily? Um, I do it um, after client sessions. Yeah, so I will literally jump in the bath and then watch shows for like two hours and I'll just literally be in a salt bath for like two hours. Do you ever feel like there's just energy like that comes on you from clients or something negative that can stick with you? Um, I really set the intention with my guides beforehand. So um, I call in my guides for grounding and protection, which is really key. Um, so I'm already setting that as an intention that mm, that's not happening. But any of the, the looser cords, the salt gets rid of. And then I also use tea tree oil. So tea tree oil is amazing because um, you can rub it on the bases of your feet or down your spinal column and it cuts off the cords as well. Okay, so last question before you do your personal practice because I've kept you long enough and you're amazing. But off that, so the tea tree oil, is that something that basically anyone can do? So for instance, mm -hmm. as people are becoming more sensitive and opening themselves up to asking into the universe, I'm assuming they're also inherently just becoming more sensitive to all the energies that are out there and everyone. So what can people do? I'd say even, even people don't believe in this shit. You've got to have walked in a room before and been like, ugh, I hated that feeling or I didn't like meeting that person or I just got like shivers up my spine. Like I feel like everyone's experienced that at the most basic level. What can people do, whether it's physically or psychically, to help protect them, whether it's they're next to someone they don't trust, they don't like, is it a situation that feels uncomfortable? What can people do? Yeah, so firstly, um, straight up call your guides in for protection. The second thing you can do is... I do this when I'm walking into like a, um, especially a large group of people or I'm going to a situation that I know I'm going to need a bit of additional protection or I know that someone that I don't particularly like vibe with is going to be there. I imagine myself in like a bubble and it's a bubble that goes over the top of my head under the, to under my feet and it's as wide as my arm span. And then what you do is you imagine that you're in this see-through bubble, but it has tiny holes in it. So what happens is, is that you can give your awesome energy out. You can receive the amazing energy in, but it protects you from all the junk that you don't want to receive. And it works. I love that. So just everyone get in a bubble. Bubble yourself up, but make sure it has the holes in it because what happens is if it doesn't, it feels too protective. You can then walk into a situation and it feels like you're blocked or it feels like you're not part of it because so it's like, connect. so you can't connect. So make sure it has the tiny holes in it. So there is this like free flow of energy. And then do you have to like consciously, psychically let the bubble go when you walk out or does it dissipate on its own? It will just dissipate on its own. But yeah, just you setting that as an intention. Um, I have a, it's funny, I had a client message me the other day and was like, um, I do this in the car on the way to work before I get into work because I know that work's going to be really shitty. So I do this and I bring the bubble in when I'm driving to work. I love that. What about it? Can you do a bubble around your car for like not to get in accidents? Oh, yeah. Like if, um, yeah, you just put your car in white light or sometimes, you know, you're worried about like 
parking in a certain spot and you're thinking, oh my God, am I going to get towed or is something going to happen? Just put your car in a nice white light bubble and, <laughs> it, you know, set the intention and ask your guides to like, hey, just look after my car for a little bit. I have bit. to say, Nella, you've given, a, there might have been some woo-woo stuff, but you've also given some really day-to-day practical <laughs> shit, which is amazing. You're like, you want this parking spot? Do this. <laughs> yeah. It's, and that's what it's about. It's, my guides are really like, it doesn't have to be all this like, woo woo stuff it's about making it real grounded like approachable and like practical because we can all do it and you know it starts at a really basic simple level and a reminder she just said it we can all do it so start playing around guys like she said like even if you're not a believer play around with some basic ass things that might make you laugh things that you can test but and also stick with us because she's going to do her personal practice, which is a meditation to ask your guys to step forward. So that already is a huge tool that people can then use in their daily life. Yeah. And I've also got my podcast, So You Think You're Intuitive, which I'm basically taking you on a journey to connect. Okay. So through each episode, um, you can listen to them individually. But if you were to listen to episode one and go all the way through, I'm basically going to tell you show you um how to reset how to reactivate how to like connect with your guides how to decode your messages like i'm I'm sharing with you the journey so if you want to learn more about your intuition and how to connect yeah just subscribe and tune in amazing you have been so much fun to talk to thank you thank you you're great and you guys any information you want any references she gave will all be on our website ways to get in touch with her will all be on our website so check her out and don't forget she's going to do her personal practice Okay, so firstly, I just want you just to notice where your breath is at and just get comfy and shut your eyes and just notice where your breath is at in your body. And what we're going to do is I want you to firstly imagine that you have grounding protective roots coming out of the base of your spine. And I want you to send these grounding protective roots down beneath the earth and sending them down through all the layers of rock and sand and earth, following them all the way down into the center of Mother Earth. And then I want you to imagine your roots being tied into the center of the earth. And now you're going to imagine beautiful, healing, white light coming back up the roots that you've created, sending this healing white light all the way up, up and up and up, right into the base of your spine. Now you're going to send this white light all the way up your spinal column until it reaches the top of your head and you're going to imagine this beautiful healing white light coming down like a fountain over your head and your face and your neck and your shoulders and your arms and down your legs until your whole body is bathed in beautiful white light. And I want you just to take a breath of this white light right into your heart. And imagine the white light cleansing and clearing your aura, repairing any nooks and holes. 
And now we're going to ask for your guide to step forward. You can say this in your head and you're just going to say, guides, please step forward. I want to feel your energy. I am ready to feel your presence. I want to work with you and receive messages. And just notice how it feels in your body as you ask them to step forward. Any tingles, any sensations. You might feel them coming from behind you, like their hands are on your shoulders. And now they're there, I just want you just to notice. Does it feel like a masculine energy or a feminine energy? Go with the first thing that comes up. It's like imagining them stood in front of you like a normal person. And then you're going to ask for a sign. A sign that you're on the right path, that you're on the right track and just go with the first thing that comes up for you. Trust it. And again, I want you just to breathe that energy in from your guide. Really breathe in that energy that you're feeling as you're connecting with them. Knowing that you can call them forward to step forward whenever you need. And it's as simple as asking them so that you can feel this energy. And I want you just to ask your guide, what do you need to know today? They might give you a color or just a word or it might be an emotion. But what do you need to know today? And then I just want you to say thank you to the guide that stepped forward for the energy that you felt. And just reconnect with the white light. Knowing that you can call this white light as well in whenever you need for healing and guidance. And then when you're ready you can slowly wiggle your hands and your toes and come back into the room. Ten Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks Podcast, and join us there.